Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by my bookie. The 12 days of giveaways are here at MyBookie. Sign up at MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code GATORS on your first deposit to redeem a bonus of up to $200. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Get a different kind of gift this holiday season. Visit SharkFloorCoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to GatorsBreakdown.SupportingCast.FM to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you right here on early National Signing Day, the early signing period, however you want to define it. Everybody uh, defines it different out there, whether it be early signing day, early signing period, National Signing Day. Of course, we got another one. In February coming up, but right here on this Wednesday, December 21st, it is the early signing period, and this Wednesday, we'll deem it early signing day. So right here on Gators Breakdown, we'll break it down, the good and the bad of this class of 2023. Um, not all. You know, it's um, a very polarizing class. Uh, the bump class, we all know the importance of this uh, You know, first full class uh, that Billy Napers had to work with. Uh, right here and what it means for maybe instant success or maybe a timeline of success. Uh, but we'll get into it right here on Gators Breakdown. The the, the good, the bad, as I said, the in-between maybe as well. Uh, so uh, there, there, there are some good things. I know it's not the uh, the top 10 class. If you We're going to kind of mostly go by 24-7 sports composite here uh, when, when we get kind of in the notes of this uh, episode that does, you know, seems to be kind of more the, the industry standard. I'm a big, you know, I respect on three and stuff too, but the history that comes along with 24 seven right now, still kind of the way to go uh, for me at, at this moment. So I respect both services. You know, I got friends on both services uh, right there, but you know, the, the history of the 24 seven side right there still kind of um, lend, lends itself uh, to, to, to more talk and more people still use it. More people still look at it, but of course with this Gators class, uh, it is uh, the you know it is a tenth ranked class on on three. I know a lot of people will point to that because it's top ten. It, that that top ten does look better, uh, but you know for Florida on the twenty four seven sports composite, we'll get into this twelfth ranked class uh, on the twenty four seven sports composite. So right before we do all that, everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Coming at you live right here on National Signing Day night on here on Gators Breakdown. If you're watching this live, a few of you are, a good bit of you are, thankfully, uh, right here. Hit that like button while you're watching this live. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. A lot of content, of course, on your way. Football all the time right here on Gators Breakdown. And this is one of the biggest ones of the year, one of the biggest days of the year right here on National Signing Day. Uh, so we got you covered right here on Gators Breakdown. And, hey, look, Gators Breakdown Plus, everybody, shout out to there as well today. A couple of chats with just Gators Breakdown Plus members, one this morning, uh, one right after lunchtime around 2 o'clock as well. A good discussion uh, going on there. 
Um, in the voice chat, as I said, there's a text chat. You can do that all day long, uh, but you know, I will hop in. We'll do a voice chat. Uh, so you can join Gators Breakdown Plus. You get more episodes. A lot of those, you know, th- there was no sense in really the recording uh, the ones that happened today. We were just following the news along the way. Uh, but still, I will record the chats, put those up for extra episodes, uh, Q&As for extra episodes as well uh, out there. So if you want some extra Gators podcast, Gators content, and that Discord chat, Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. So as I said, let's get into it right here. The Gators with the 12th ranked class on the 24-7 sports composite right outside that top 10. Let's go through the top 10 right quick on 24-7 sports. Alabama comes in with the number one class in the country. Georgia, no surprise, right behind them at number two. Texas, number three. Miami, big storyline there, of course. Head-to-head with Florida for a lot of battles. Miami comes in at four right now. Uh, And before we went live here, we did learn that their big target, Cormani McLean, uh, is now getting predicted to flip to Colorado. So we all know the battle of Florida and Miami in the recruitment of Cormani McLean. Miami's class might be taking a hit. Dion doing work there at Colorado. We all remember the Travis Hunter story there with him at Jackson State. Well, it looks like he's about to make another splash at his new school, Colorado, and maybe Cormani McLean headed to Colorado to be a Buffalo under Deion Sanders. So Miami's class will take a hit right there if that's the case. Ohio State number five, LSU six, Oregon with a huge, huge day today under Dan Lanning. 28 commits, gets them the seventh-ranked class, a slew of flips today for them uh, towards their class. Uh, So Oregon with a big, big signing day finish. Oklahoma 8, Notre Dame 9, Tennessee 10, Clemson 11, Florida 12, as I said. We'll go through the top 15 here. Penn State 13, Texas A&M after their big historic class last year. They come in at 14. Uh, USC, Lincoln Riley, his first full class, just kind of like Billy Napier there with 20 commits, same as Florida, uh, they are 15. So, you know, interesting storyline there, the first-year coaches. Uh, the coaches coming off their first year or still got games to play, but coaches that's in their first year here, uh, you do go I – mean, I might as well keep going right quick because they are an SEC East team. South Carolina came in at 16. Uh, so, there you go. But the first-year guys, you know, Lincoln Riley at USC um, – during April, I recruited him <laughs> so, uh, here with both both teams with 20 commits. Florida's got a higher average and a, uh, and a higher score uh, than Lincoln Riley there in USC. Uh, they come in at 15, as I said, Florida go at 12. First-year coach Billy Napier there. Um, of course, Marcus Freeman, first-year head coach at Notre Dame. His class comes in at nine. They were – you know, they were top, what, one, two, three for most of the, the recruiting cycle. Took some uh, deflections, decommits uh, there from Notre Dame. So they end up falling out of that top uh, three, five, all the way down to nine. Um, of course, Britt Venables there at Oklahoma, uh, being able to put a nice class together uh, at, at number eight. As I mentioned, Dan Lanning there in his first year at Oregon. Heck of a day to get up to that seventh-ranked class. And then LSU, first year, uh, Brian Kelly there. Um, at number six, and of course, Mario Cristobal, uh, Miami right now at number four. So all the first-year coaches that Billy Napier came in with, a lot of them in front of him, Lincoln Riley behind him, um, when, you, when you want to take a look at it uh, in the competition uh, that Florida, you know, more than likely it'll be these schools year in and year out uh, that Billy Napier has to compete with on the recruiting trip. So 20 signees for the Gators. 20 signees and um about what we expected coming in today now we did have some deflections uh of course tyree patterson the wide receiver if you missed that that was a few days ago uh, and we knew that was going to happen uh, the wide receiver there but then of course today and it was kind of rumored that this was going to happen as well defensive lineman isaiah nixon uh, ended up going to ucf as well uh, nixon was not sent a letter of intent to sign uh, from florida so writing was kind of on the wall uh, he goes to ucf so that left Florida today with 20 signees. Of course, Jaden Rashada, the headliner there. Uh, we'll go be some, there was some question, <laughs> of course, if he uh, was going to – he sent it in late. Of course, he's on the West Coast, so that plays into it probably a little bit as well. Thought that he would be maybe delaying that till uh, on Thursday. Uh, but nope, went ahead, put it in today, gives the Gators 20 signees uh, for this class. So no top 50 players. 
for the Gators. I think that's where, you know, we'll start just kind of summary and then we'll kind of go to good, the bad of the class. We're looking at it right now. And we'll get into the, uh, I see the chat trying to keep up a little bit. Uh, we'll get into the transfer news as well. Uh, I know Graham Mertz, um, the night before on Tuesday night around midnight, of course, I did do a, a retweet uh, there from the athletic and, and uh, Alan Taylor, he put the news out there that Graham Mertz was going to commit to Florida. We had been talking about it on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord last night and before that happened. So not, it was not too big of a surprise, but I know not a lot of excitement behind that one. But we'll get into the transfer portal uh, as well before we get into the – or after we get to this high school part of the recruiting so, as I said, no top 50 players uh, for the Gators. Of course, one improvement we are looking for is landing the elite to the least. That did not happen uh, in this class. Top player is the un- is you know Jaden Rashada coming in at 56. He is the top-ranked player in the Gators class. Not bad. You, you, your quarterback, your top-ranked player. We know Florida's got to hit that position very well. And, look, of course, if you, if you forget, most of these commitments that Florida has had, I've done profile videos on. So not going to go through and all, again, tell you what kind of player Florida's getting, uh, unless they were just new ones. No new ones really today for Florida, except for the transfers. So if you want more on Jaden Rashada, Kelby Collins, Aiden Mazzell, all these top players, all the players in this class, you can go uh, search Gators Breakdown. You can get the lowdown on these guys. But Jaden Rashada, number 56 player. Uh, so outside of the top 50, Florida didn't get the top 50 player here. Kelvin Collins, the defensive lineman, at number 60. Aiden Mazzell, 94. Dijon Johnson, the defensive back, at 98. So four top players in the top 100 for the Gators. Four players in the top 100. So add three more players to take it to the top 150. Wide receiver Eugene Wilson, offensive lineman Roger Kearney, and cornerback Jakeem Jackson. So seven players in the top 150 for the Gators. Defensive lineman Cameron James comes in at 164 to give eight players in the top 200 for the Gators. And you can stretch that if you want to. Uh, to safety, Jordan Castell, he comes in at 203. And then defensive lineman TJ Searcy at 207. So if you want to you know, stretch it, you can to go right outside the top 200. Uh, so eight players officially in the top 200. You can go number nine, Castell at 203, number 10, Searcy at 207. You're right around that 200 range. So about 10 players uh, right there in that top 200 range. So, all right, there's kind of a summary uh, of the class, top or, top of the class. Uh, but let's go. I'm going to break this down to the good and the bad, and let's start with the good news uh, here for the Gators class is the, the player average score, 92.34 for the Gators. Uh, and look, I know some of you with the the good news and all that. Um, is it a class of where we want this to be? No, uh, you know, a twelfth ranked class is, you know, not going to, you know, a twelfth ranked class is four years in a row is not going to win you a title uh, at all. So we know recruiting got to get better, but there's still some good to take away from this class. Um, you may see some of it just cherry picking, <laughs> uh, and uh, won't uh, probably some of it won't disagree with you, uh, but. Not all is bad. Just because it's not a top 10 class, just because it's not a top five class, does not mean there is not good in the class. And with this for the Gators, let's start with the average score. 92.34. That ranks fifth on the 24-7 sports composite. Going by ranking. Now, Florida does only have 20 players. And so the comparison that you want to probably go to of where, where you wish if Florida had 20 players and could put it as a comparison to somebody, Ohio State also has 20 players. And they're a fifth-ranked class. <laughs> so their average is 93.57. So that's probably the best comparison right now just because of the number of commits both Florida and Ohio State have. But Ohio State's average is 93.57. That lets you know the kind of the difference and how much one point is worth. I mean, that's a whole point higher than Florida. Florida's at 12th in the rankings. Ohio State's fifth in the rankings, both with 20 commits. Ohio State scores 287. Point sixty six, while Florida scores two seventy two point twenty one. But taking that average score in the top five there for the Gators, Alabama with the highest at ninety four point seven five. Georgia's second; they're second in the rankings. Uh, it was like I said, Alabama's first in the rankings and the first ha- average highest score. Alabama that t- takes it away there. 
Georgia is second overall and second in average with 93.64. Ohio State, the fifth-ranked overall class, like I said, but the third-highest average in 93.57. Texas with the third-ranked overall, but fourth in average, 92.82. And then the Gators at number five, 12th-ranked class, as I said, but 92.34 brings them as the fifth-ranked average there. So there's, there's some quality in this class. Quantity's not there. And tied together, quality and quantity is not quite there. As I said, you know, Ohio State probably takes that cake with only 20, but it's such a high average. But there's a positive I think you can take away there. Uh, Miami is sixth in average, Notre Dame seventh average, AM eighth in average with the 14th ranked class. So there you go. There's some, there, there's some good to take away. 18 four-stars in the class, two three-stars. So that's why you see that average being at 92.34 because there's you know, 18 four-stars, two three-stars. Fourteen of 20 are from the state of Florida. And we know this has to be more of an emphasis, and we'll get into it on the bad side. But you see the emphasis on the state of Florida. And we know Florida's got to get better at the top of it, but this class is filled with local guys, guys in the state. And if you're going to compete, you want to recruit the state of Florida. And if you want to recruit elite, Florida's going to have to start recruiting the elite of Florida. But nice base here, 14 of the 20 from the state of Florida. Oddly, en odd oddly enough, with so much talent in the state, Florida's top two players in the class come from out of state. <laughs> Rashada from California and Collins from Alabama. In-state gets started with 94th-ranked Aiden Mazzell. He's the 94th-ranked player overall. And we'll go even more into depth there because, as I said, missing the top, that's part of, that's part of the issue with this class. All right, but also I think we could go into positions a little bit. The good, Florida got their quarterback. Florida got Jaden Rashada, top player in the class, right outside the top 50. Got to figure out this quarterback position, and the best way to figure out is start stacking some good talent. Lagway, of course, joined the class in the tw for 24, so that gives you two back-to-back. -back. Of course, hopefully he hangs on in the 24 class. But you got to get it started somewhere, and Jaden Rashada is that start. So you got your quarterback. Wide receiver. Really good wide receiver class for the Gators. As I mentioned, Tyree Patterson ended up going to UCF in the end. But Florida bringing in Aiden Menzel, Eugene Wilson, and Andy Jean. Andy Jean. Menzel, the 94th ranked player in the country. Eugene Wilson, the 112th ranked player in the country. Andy Jean, most people consider underrated as the 358th ranked player in the country. All three four-stars. Aiden Mazzell, the 16th-ranked wide receiver. Eugene Wilson, the 19th-ranked wide receiver. Andy Jean, the 53rd-ranked wide receiver. If I had to say probably more of an instant impact out of those, I'm probably going Eugene Wilson, though. Aiden Mazzell... Uh, of 6'2", 180, probably got to put a little bit of weight on. Got an injury, Dylan, uh, as well. Hopefully he'd be ready, but he's going to be that deep burner type of receiver that you're looking for. Eugene Wilson, the the creator out of that group, you know, take a, take a pass and make something happen after the catch. Andy Gene, or what he's so lauded for is that, his route running ability. And, hey, look, good – the storyline there, of course, I know if you've been keeping up recruiting a lot out there. And look, I don't know how much you guys keep up with it. Maybe you rely on just what I bring you here in Gators Breakdown. Maybe you uh, read the articles and the different websites out there, too. But Andy Gene, there was a lot of worry out there from Gator Nation about whether he'd be in this class or not. He's coming off of an FSU visit this past weekend as well. And I know in previous visits uh, as well. And Miami was trying to get back into it, to it with him after he committed to Florida. Uh, and the tried, Miami tried to get him to hold off there in July, that, that late July commitment right there. So you look at uh, Indy Gene and taking visits, and hey, look, 
guys are going to enjoy the recruiting process. Not everybody's going to shut it down, <laughs> uh, but credit for Florida sticking with him, staying with him, uh, and really putting together Kerry Colbert. I mean, probably should be spoken about enough. I mean, you were able to pull in Mazelle Wilson and Andy Jean and not really a lot to sell on the field because these guys were in the class before Florida even took a snap in Billy Napier's first season. You recruited these guys based off of, you know, hope, a vision, and that's, that, that's what recruiting is supposed to be early in a coach's tenure. That's what you can sell. And you were able to hang on to these guys. And the offense, you know, the passing offense didn't take off like many of us wanted us to, like many of us wanted it to. And then you were able to hang on to Mazelle and Wilson and Andy Jean. And then defensive end, defensive edge. Um, I could have put defensive line, but I don't think – I. I don't like what Florida did at defensive tackle. I like Will Norman, but there's not a high number there. And I think Florida needed more. I'll get into that. So let's just concentrate on the you know defensive end, defensive edge. And you know, Florida brought in some good numbers there and some and some high quality players. Starting at the top with Kelby Collins, the second ranked player in the class, number 60 player in the country. Sixth rank at his position from the state of Alabama. Cameron James, just a massive six, six and a half, <laughs> 265. Kelby Collins, 6'5, 280. You know, most of these guys are going to be playing in edge. You know, TJ Searcy, 6'5, 250. Should be one of those speed rushers off the edge. Gavin Hill, 6'3, 255 from local Gainesville. And so four right there that Florida should be able to get plenty out of in that defensive end, edge role. Collins, James, Searcy, Hill. And that was, you know, something we know Florida's got to hit. Florida's got to get better in the trenches. And that does and that does not only count for defensive tackle where I, I thought Florida missed an opportunity. Also counts for the edge rushers, the defensive ends. So Collins, James, Searcy, Hill, guys I'm really looking forward to seeing. They're a nice depth, I think, for, for, for bringing four of those guys in. I think Florida will see uh, coming up for defensive tackle. Uh, they'll be hitting the transfer portal there. And then, of course, defensive back. And, yes, it's still good. I know Florida missed on some of the top targets out there. And Desmond Ricks is coming up tomorrow on Thursday and I know there's some question out there now if he's really going to LSU or there's some uh, maybe worry from the LSU side of things and the national side of things if he's if LSU is going to be the pick. Now there's some second guessing of that maybe. So we'll see what happens there. If it's not LSU, maybe Alabama, Florida. Maybe Florida gets back into the, the, the late mix here with Desmond Ricks. The report is Florida's still in communication. If I'm saying right now as we're recording around 8 p.m. on this National Signing Day night, I'd say maybe LSU probably still wins out. But also with the way Alabama finished, I'm, I'm not counting them out. Uh, so right now I just I don't see Ricks on Thursday picking Florida. And then Cormani McLean, we know the storyline there. And I talked about that earlier. So, you know, you know and Ricks reclassified, so that was one – that could have come to you late. And McLean, that one, that one, that one does hurt. You know, right down the road in Lakeland. That was one of the early targets we said, you know, Florida's just got to get. But that does not mean that this defensive back class is still not really good. It is. This is a really good defensive class. Really good defensive class. These defensive back class. Dijon Johnson, top 100 player. I think he's going to play cornerback for the Gators. But of course, twenty four seven's got it listed as a safety. So you probably you know you got corner, you got nickel, you got safety all in the mix right there. Jakeem Jackson, I think, may end up being one of the better players in the class. I'm big time high on Jakeem Jackson. And I think if you listen to Billy Napier's press conference, you could tell he was too. Uh, that's that's one guy. That, I mean, he could he could have played wide receiver for the Gators. That's how athletic he is. 
I cannot wait to see this kid get an interception and see what happens after the catch because I think Jakeem Jackson's got that ability. He's the 123rd ranked player in the country. Jordan Castell at safety there. We know how much help Florida needs at safety. He's the top 200, uh, like I said, top 200-ish player, 203. Sharif Denson from right here in Jacksonville. So, of course, I'm uh, going to hit that one a little bit closer to heart. Uh, right there at Bartram Trail, I think, you know, uh, probably plays that nickel role when it's all said and done. I think you can move him around if need be. But I think that's where we probably see him first. I like it because, man, I, from what I he's a very tough player, very, and, and I've seen a lot more video of him than I have any, most of these guys because he's here in Jacksonville. Scrappy player, uh, does not mind getting dirty as a defensive back, likes to tackle, he likes to contact. Somebody I am looking for like that in that nickel position. Bryce Thornton, another safety there from the state of Georgia, 387th ranked player. So Thornton paired with Castell, I think, you know, there's more your safety types in this class. Johnson, a little bit of versatility, but I do see him more as an outside corner at the college level to go along with Jakeem Jackson, Sharif Denson, probably your nickel. So you got almost your full defensive back class. I mean, you could, you could, uh, you could fill your whole defensive back with just this class. Your defensive backfield, backfield could be Dijon and Jakeem on the outside, Castell and Thornton as safeties, and Sharif Denson as your nickel if you have to go to a five-man defensive backfield. So this is a, and I know Corey Raymond, and uh, it's been the question of well, why can't he get the elites at Florida? Look, I, don't get me wrong. That, 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 is, a, that is a disappointment. I, I, I'll agree. I'm not going to gloss over that. It is, you know, there were plenty of targets there uh, for Florida, you know, dating back to the, the springtime and the summertime and some weird things happened to go along the way. We'll see if there's one last hurrah, one last surprise, one last push there for Ricks on Thursday. I think we can move on from that, but just, you know, I guess keep an eye on it. Weird things happen in recruiting. I'm not trying to get your hopes up. Don't get me wrong. As I said, my prediction would not be that. <laughs> but I do like what Florida did here. And I am, I am, I won't be surprised. I don't really make projections like this, but just looking at it, Jakeem Jackson. I think the kid's going to be special. If there's like, if I had to sit here and pick one player on the defensive side, I'm taking the whole defensive side into consideration here. He might be the guy I key in on. He just might be the one that I key in on. So there you go. There's good. I'm taking from this class. Really good average. Filled with four stars, not a lot of three stars. State of Florida hit really hard, and I think Florida did a really good job at quarterback, wide receiver, defensive end, slash edge, and defensive back. So right, before we move forward, you know, we'll get into the bad of this class. It's not perfect by any means. When you're not, a, when you're not in the top 10, or if you are right at 10, uh, as they are in on three, are the Gators, and there, there are some things we can pick apart uh, with this class. But before we get there, it is the holiday season. Holiday season is upon us. Hope you guys have got all your Christmas gifts ready and wrapped and under the tree. But, you know, the holiday season is upon us, and my bookie, they're in the giving spirit with 12 straight days of giveaways. From odds booze to casino chips to straight-up blocks, my bookie's 12 days of giveaway is a can't-miss promotion. Starting today on December 21st and ending on January 1st, you can bring in the new year right with giveaways that can help fill your stocking with cash this season. Sign up at my bookie. Use promo code GATERS on your first deposit to redeem a bonus of up to $200. Again, that is promo code GATERS to claim a brand-new deposit bonus Designed for betters, looking to cash in and cash out quick. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere at my bookie. 
You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, Contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right. Let's get back to this class of 2023. And hey, look. You could probably say I was nitpicking on some of the good, and you might say I'm nitpicking on some of the bad. But, you know, this is the way I see it. You guys may not agree. We don't all have to agree. It's a beautiful thing about this. <laughs> uh, but everybody, thank you so much. Hit that like button. Subscribe right here. Everybody watching live on YouTube or you're watching the replay. And subscribe on those podcast versions too if you haven't done so yet. So, all right, here we go. The bad for the Gators outside the top 10. And that's, look, that's the first thing people are going to look at. Uh, just the basic of recruiting. Oh, you, you know, if you're just... If you're just a general follower of recruiting and you don't follow it day in and day out and you don't, you know, take it all in, the first thing people are going to look at is just the ranking. Florida's outside the top 10, using the 24-7 sports composite. So, okay, you know, a lot, of, a lot of importance is put on the bump class and how far it can take you in a turnaround and maybe even where it takes you in your career at a, at a head coaching stop. So for right now, probably some patients are going to be in, need to be involved now because of how this class played out. Outside the top 10. They are number 10 and on three, so if you want to use that, by all means, go ahead. But outside the top 10, and I don't think a lot of people expected that. Now, I never expect the top five. I said it over and over again on this podcast. Uh, was there a path there? Were we feeling good about ourselves a couple of weeks ago? And there may have been a path for Florida to get there. Yeah, and I would have been absolutely surprised given everything how it turned out. You know, I, I was not to, to expect Florida and Billy Napier to come in and, and and turn it around like that. And if they were not going to go the rogue booster crazy money that was never going, Florida was never that was never going to happen. Uh, and I, just, I didn't see Florida doing that, so I didn't see a top five class. You know, to to ask to go over Bama and Ohio State and. Georgia, of course, I, I didn't see it. Um, so Miami did, and we, 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 we know they, they went crazy in the NIL world, and the, the, we, we know what happened, the, the money world with this. Mario Cristobal is a good recruiter. Pair all that together, you see why they're in the top three. But I didn't see Florida taking that path. Now, top 10, I won't lie. I said, you know, Florida's got to be, got to be there. Uh, so right outside the top 10, and they, look, th th that grouping is pretty close together. I mean, there's not a lot of separation when you look at Notre Dame's at number nine with a score of 279. Tennessee, 277 at number 10. Clemson, 275. Florida, at 272. So there's, there's not a lot of separation when you look at overall score. And those teams grouped together where from Notre Dame at nine to Florida at 12. Not, not a lot of separation. And you know, that's where the differences of those five stars come into play. With Florida not getting a five star. The way, five stars are weighted pretty heavy in the recruiting rankings. And one five star probably shoots, I'd have to do some calculations, but firmly in the top 10. So outside the top 10, that's the, a lot of people are going to look at it on the surface. Okay, that's bad. But the worst part about it is the next bullet point, fifth in the SEC. This is how difficult it is. This is why it's different than the Clemson build and, 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 and building their way and taking, it, taking time under Dabo Sweeney. They only had to pass FSU at that point. And Dabo's seasons, in Dabo's early seasons, they had to – 
only worry about South Carolina as an out-of-conference opponent. And he couldn't even beat South Carolina at that point when, when Steve Spurrier was there. And then they only really had to pass FSU in the recruiting rankings. The path is much easier. It's different in this conference. Florida's hovering around a top 10 class, but they're fifth in the SEC. Fifth in the SEC. And we can't overlook throwing in Texas and Oklahoma in it. They're both above Florida. They're going to be in the conference soon. You have to throw them in it because these players that are in this class for Texas and Oklahoma, Florida will end up facing those teams, especially if the rumors are true in Texas and Oklahoma and the world of college football speeds up a little bit and they join the SEC in 2024. Those players in this class, Florida is going to face. So now you put two more teams in front of Florida and now Florida's seventh in the conference. So overall, a good class. But in the SEC, you're behind a lot of your opponents. You're behind Georgia. And we don't even know what the new scheduling format is going to be like. So you're behind Alabama. You're behind Georgia. You're behind Texas. You're behind LSU. You're behind Oklahoma. And for this class, you're behind Tennessee. So that's the bad <laughs> when you want to take a look at rankings. And yeah, hey, it, it's look, we, I know it's not an elite class at the same time. It's not a terrible class. You know, this is not a this is not one of those. Look, I think if Dan Mullen would have been the head coach in this NIL atmosphere that's out there in college football. Man, I just think it. uh that would not set up well <laughs> for uh, for that. I know a lot of people want to sit here and point. Ah, the, there's there's no difference whether the, the as I said the player average is much higher in this, and I do not think Dan Mullen would have been made for this nil recruiting world. I think it could be worse. And I'm not saying this the best out there. No five stars. As I said as well, look at the top of the class. No five stars for the Gators. You want five stars. There's 35 five stars on the 24-7 sports composite. And not one of them's going to Florida. Cromani McLean in the state, not going to Florida. Maybe you're heading out of the state now instead of going to Miami. <laughs> uh, Francis Malagoa. Going to Miami. IMG guy, but you, I mean, if he's going to Miami, he could have easily went to Florida. Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, Cedric Baxter, Desmond Ricks. We'll see what he does. But Hakeem Williams, Brandon Ennis, all five stars in the state of Florida, and none of them are going to Florida. That one's hard to swallow. Being that there's so many in the state of Florida. And you couldn't get one of them. That's going to have to change. That's going to have to change for sure. Now, look, I mean, that's... We look ahead, and I know I'm not going to try and do this too much because it's not a cop-out. There is the ability that we have seen in the 24 class. You got DJ Lagway, and if Miles Graham stays where he's at, he'll be a five-star as well. So you could get him in the, in the next class. But for this class of 23, and there were so many in-state, and look, some of them look friendly at times. Cormani McLean, Keon Keeley, Cedric Baxter, Desmond Ricks. Man, I would have thought, thought Florida would have got one of them. Missing top Florida recruits. I just mentioned the five stars in the state. But you have to get all the way to Aiden Mazel, the wide receiver, as the 21st ranked player in the state of Florida before you find a state of Florida recruit that went to the Gators. 
the 21st ranked player, the top 20 players in the state of Florida did not go to the University of Florida. Not one of them. Dijon Johnson, he's one spot behind Aiden Mazel at 22. Eugene Wilson and Roderick Kearney are 28 and 29. Jakeem Jackson, 32. Cameron James at 39. Jordan Castell at 44. Sharif Denson at 46. So that gave Florida eight of the top 50 in the state of Florida. But none in the top 20, as I said. If Miami ends up keeping Cormani McLean, they'll have the top two players in the state. Cormani McLean and Malangola. Miami has four before you even get to Aiden Mazel for the Gators. Now, I think that will change if, of course it will, if, if McLean ends up leaving. So as, I re- as we record this, that's how it stands. But here's the one that really hurts. Georgia has six. Six of the top players in the state of Florida. Now I went to the top 50. They could be adding a seventh. But they get Jordan Hall. So Georgia's still recruiting well in the state of Florida. Then then that that hurts too. You know, Miami with all their changes going on, okay, and they're in the state. All right, you might can see that. But that was all in the top fifty there for the state of Florida. But Georgia has six. Let me make sure. I want to go check that because I'm pretty sure that was six maybe before you even before you get to Florida and Mazelle at 21. I took that note and I'm trying to figure it out now. So one for Georgia with Damon Wilson, two, three, four, Five, six, yeah. So six of the top 19, maybe seven of the top 19 for Georgia in the state of Florida. That's got to change. And we've been saying that year after year after year here on Gators Breakdown when we take a look at these classes and where the top in-state guys are going. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of players in the state of Florida. You ain't getting all of them. But if Florida wants to be back on that elite stage, that is probably priority number one getting top players and getting top state of Florida players. And lastly here, like I did for the good, we'll take a look at some positions. I think Florida really missed on defensive tackle linebacker, offensive line tight end defensive tackle. Gonna um, Jordan Hall will decide tomorrow. Just like Desmond Ricks. Is going to decide on Thursday. Looks to be a battle between Florida and Georgia. And I lean Georgia right now. Right up the road in Jacksonville. And a player maybe going to Athens. But then just down the road, you know, Florida had two top flight targets right here. Jordan Hall up in Jacksonville and then down the road in Orlando with John Walker. And he sticks with UCF. Stick Commits to UCF early, back in the summer. Visits Florida countless times over the fall. And then sticks with UCF in the end. We know the issues Florida has had at defensive tackle. We know the help Florida needs at defensive tackle. And they could get one of the top targets in the state. Both those guys in the state, one an hour and a half up the road, one an hour and a half down the road, and you couldn't get either one of them. For now, Will Norman, the only high school recruit Florida has as a defensive tackle, and he's a good player. Not taking anything away from Will Norman, he needed help. He needed a Jordan Hall beside him and or a Walker beside him. 
Linebacker. I'm going to stay here in Jacksonville. Grayson Pup Howard going to South Carolina. Had, had a good relationship with some Florida guys. But Mike Peterson comes over from South Carolina as a linebacker coach for Florida. Had an end there, but Howard had so many good relationships there in South Carolina already built that it was just really tough for Florida to overcome. But up, up the road in Jacksonville, and you couldn't get him. And then Malik Bryant, there were Miami, Lewis Carter, another linebacker in the Tampa area. You know, guys that were in-state, guys that were in-close. And once again, you know, not taking anything away from Jaden Robinson. I think he's a good player, but Florida needed more help at linebacker. Needed more than one, I can tell you that. But you had some good options. You had some high-level options between Howard, Bryant, and Lewis Carter. Couldn't get it done. And then offensive line. For the Gators, bringing in three, possibly four, down the road. Get into that in just a second. The crown jewel, Roger Kearney, 118th ranked player in the country in Orange Park, Florida. Fifth ranked interior offensive lineman. Great pickup there for the Gators. You flipped him from Florida State. So not only did you help your team, but helped your team, hurt FSU at the same time. But there were so many ways to get... So many angles to get some more of the better talent among the offensive linemen. Now, you did get into IMG, and you went and got Najee Harris back in the spring. Another interior offensive lineman for the Gators, probably going to be that, that center in the group. 437th ranked player from IMG, Najee Harris, a Gator. Bryce Lovett, three-star. Najee Harris is a three-star. Bryce Lovett's a three-star. Lovett, 630th. So, you know, just not top-level talent. Missed out Lucas Simmons. He's going to FSU. Well, I'll remember the Samson Okanola. Recruitment last week. <laughs> uh, Francis Mountain as well. Another IMG product. Ends up going to Miami. So there was a chance there, of course, I think, to put some higher level talent there at the offensive line position where Florida needs some help. You know, had a good offensive line this past cycle. You got two offensive line coaches, Osiris Torrance, raking in awards. You know, there should be plenty to sell there. So, all right. I'm hoping you guys got me. I got some camera issues going on behind the scenes, but that's why this graphics up right now. <laughs> uh, but there, you know, kind of just to summarize. Outside the top 10 in overall recruiting. The thing that hurts about that, you know, you're fifth in the SEC, seventh if you want to count Texas and OU. But man, there was a lot of potential in this class. Florida ends up out of the top 10. There was some potential. We'll see what Thursday holds. Made plenty of storylines to at least you 
maybe hold a glimmer of hope with Desmond Ricks and Jordan Hall. But yeah, we just um, kind of just some more storylines to follow. A defensive lineman, Quay Roussel, of course, he ended up picking Alabama. Kind of go through some targets here. Um, that was one, we, look, we never really felt great about. Uh, but ended up picking Alabama along with his teammate, James Smith. Rickson Hall on Thursday, but mentioned that plenty of times. Caden Jones, another offensive lineman, January 7th. He's going to announce at an all-star game. So keep an eye on that one. Offensive lineman Caden Jones. Florida seems to be the trendy pick right there right now. Uh, did visit Texas A&M. He had a good time. So Florida A&M battle, but I, think, I do think Florida rolls out with that one. Caden Jones, I think, ends up being a Gator over the Aggies. So keep up with that one on January 7th. Remember that. So Florida could add one more to this offensive line group. Uh, and we'll see who enrolls early. Uh, Billy Napier did say that he's looking at 20 early enrollees, and there's 20 guys in this class. Um, but it did look like, to me, Gavin Hill, Eugene Wilson, and Will Norman may not enroll early. Uh, so we'll see the 20 he's talking about. Maybe he could have been including transfers. But we'll see who ends up early enrolling for Florida. So keep an eye in that vein, because I was definitely told Eugene Wilson would not be an early enrollee. Uh, so I like you know. So I don't know the twenty Billy Napier was talking about. So just something to keep an eye on there. But most of this class is going to be early enrollees getting in here early. It's great to have your quarterback Jaden Rashada coming in here as an early enrollee to get his feet wet as a college quarterback. Trayon Webb's going to be an early enrollee, and Florida needs it. Florida needs that third running back to go be able to go through spring practice along with Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne. So good thing Montreal uh, Trayon Webb is going to be in this class. Bryce Lovett, Roger Kearney, Najee Harris, the offensive lineman, they're going to be in. Aiden Mazzell, Andy Jean, those guys. So you wide receiver core, you young wide receivers. You know, we know Florida needs more explosion at that wide receiver position, and you're going to get it with Mazzeo and Andy Jean coming in. That's true freshman. Defensive lineman coming in. Seriously, Collins, James. We know how hard it is for defensive linemen to come in as true freshmen, so they get come in, get in this weight program, this weight training program early. So along with those offensive linemen, the trench players, you know, get that body in shape to go in there and go through the rigors of the SEC. And then the big defensive back class, I expect some freshman contributors to that defensive back class. Johnson, Denson, Castell, Gates, Jackson, Thornton, all early enrollees. So, all right, uh, before we wrap up, yeah, we'll take a look at these transfer guys that have committed to the Gators. Quarterback Graham Mertz. That's the one that came out Tuesday night and will be transferring. From Wisconsin. Uh, on December 4th, he said he was transferring from Wisconsin and got two years eligible. Mertz, uh, 4,400 yards passing, 38 touchdowns, 26 interceptions. That's, that's what scares me about Graham Mertz. Uh, he's a game manager style of quarterback, but if you're going to be a game manager style of quarterbacks, you can't throw 26 interceptions across four seasons. I think it was 11 last year and 10 the year before. Started 32 to 34 games he appeared in. So we did visit Gainesville a couple of weeks ago. And I do think Florida, there were some other targets there Florida had in mind. 
you know, Grayson McCall's name from Coastal comes up. There seems to be maybe some grade transfer issues or credit issues to go along with his major. That's why he never visited Auburn. Uh, maybe the issue there at Florida as well. There was some talk about Michael Pratt, the, the quarterback from Tulane. He never entered the portal, but if he was going to, Florida would be heavily interested. He's going to stay at Tulane, so I do think some things happen, of course. Some other targets that were out there, Devin Leary, he's going to Kentucky. But Graham Mertz commits to Florida. That's official now. And we'll see. Maybe it's a change of scenery. We'll do him some good. You know, I, there's not a lot that I look at that 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 screams at me um, that he can be this difference maker at quarterback for Florida, especially with if this defense for the Gators doesn't get any better. I think that's part of the worry for me. He's got to make up that difference. Throws a lot of interceptions, but hey, it could be a, fr a fresh look can do some quarterback some good. We saw it a good bit in the SEC with Jaden Daniels. He did not have that great of a season at Arizona State last year. Had a good start there at Arizona State. Didn't have a good season, transferred to LSU. Got off to a little slow start, but once he got in the groove... Michael, Michael Penix. The Indiana transfer to Washington. Huge jump for him this past year. Change of scenery did him some good. A change of offense did him some good. So it's possible. But of course, Jaden Rashada comes in in the spring. Graham Mertz transfers in. It's probably going to be Mercer's job to lose, given his experience, and one reason he, that he's coming here. But we can get more into him uh, as we go along. We'll have all offseason, all spring to kind of break him down. But on this signing day, we got to bring it up that he did commit to Florida. And then, of course, the... Taraja Mitchell, the linebacker from Ohio State, looks like it's any, uh, not official yet from the Gators. And the report is he's going to transfer to Florida, Ohio State to Florida. So some background on him. He was in his fifth he was in his fifth season uh, with the Ohio State program coming into this year. Played 39 games the past four seasons, started eight times, all coming during the 2021 season. Um, he did not play much this past year. Well, I think four games, no stats. Uh, we'll get into maybe why uh, some things happened there. Um, made his mark for the Buckeyes on special teams over his first three seasons before earning a starting role in 2021. In 2021, 45 total tackles, four and a half tackles for loss. So 64 career tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss. Got his degree in fashion and retail studies at Ohio State and has two apparel fashion lines. So there's just some background on to Roger Mitchell, the linebacker. He's from Virginia Beach, Virginia, would be transferring from Ohio State. He was a four-star prospect by every major recruiting service. If you go back to his recruiting profile, he was the number one inside linebacker, according to Rivals. He was a top 20 prospect, according to Rivals. He was the number two player in the state of Virginia by 24-7 Sports and was listed as the number two inside linebacker by 24-7. It's a highly ranked linebacker from the recruiting side of things. Played a little bit of Ohio State. So let's go back to that 2021 season. Uh, as I mentioned there for Taraja Mitchell. So played a lot that season. 
except toward the end of the season. He opened that year in 2021 to Roger Mitchell did as Ohio State's number one will linebacker. Started eight of the Buckeyes' first nine games in the 21 season. But the final five games, he only played a total of 34 snaps. And there was an article by 11 Warriors here on Taraja Mitchell. And I wanted to get a little bit of background, you know, what happened in that 2021 season. He said it was a difficult year in 2021. He had some life-changing situations that happened in his personal life and why he didn't want to get into specifics about what happened. He said those events affected his focus on the field. He says he was not in the right place mentally, had moments where he didn't want to play football anymore, but he was on the right track. So I said, did not play a whole lot this past season. And now looks like the reports are to Roger Mitchell, the linebacker from Ohio State, would transfer to Florida. Listed as 6'2", 235. So there is your catch-up on the tr- all the transfer portal news for the Gators. Mostly right here, talking about signing day right here, class of 2023. Once again, I apologize for the technical issues. These have just come out of nowhere uh, this week. So I got some, I got some figuring out to do. <laughs> uh, but I'll get it figured out uh, for you guys. Uh, but thanks for hopping on this episode of Gators Breakdown, checking out, breaking down this class of 2023 for the Gators. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.